ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Four o'clock hour here on ESPN 690. I'll tell you what, a lot going on around here. Is there? Uh, there's a lot going on. Trust me. Got two weeks. You know what happens right about now? Source. Trust me, bro. Two Fair weeks morning. from Florida, Georgia. In Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and it's on, you know? It's on. Uh, how about, you know, we're going to talk all about the Jags stay with the NFL. Maybe tomorrow we go a little bit more into some of the college football. Maybe we get to it in the 5 o'clock hour today. The Tennessee-Alabama game was unbelievable. Now, Tennessee has st- set the stage now Did with, you know I called with it? Georgia. You call, yeah, I think you said that 142 times. I called it. Yeah, money line. I don't Georgia. think you were alone. Uh, I think there was confidence in Tennessee. Not from and Vegas. Spread was 9.5. Went up to nine and a half, huh? Nine and a half. All because Bryce Young played. And Bryce yes. Young played pretty well. He's good. He is good. But I thought I had a lot of respect for both teams in that game. I thought Alabama, the way they came back after being down twenty eight to ten on the road, just shows you what they're all about, you know? And then for to weather that storm, a lot of people a lot of teams fold the tent now, late in the third, early fourth against Alabama when they've taken the lead. And Tennessee never did it. I mean, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel's better at Tennessee than he was at UCF. And he's better than Scott Frost. Who would have thought? And, and Scott Frost was so good at that. I don't know how that works. I don't know why that works. It's bizarre. Situational, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Fall into a pretty good place, and then you do do the best you can. Uh, well, that's what we do here on ESPN 690. <laughs> Brent and friends, just do the best we can. Just the best we can. And we kind of think we do it pretty well on Mondays. Just hung up with Maurice Jones-Drew, and now we bring in Rasheen Mathis. Mathis on Mondays, and oh, my goodness, Rasheen Mathis, thank goodness you're here. I'm glad you called today and, and didn't skip this show because I have just <laughs> elevated you to the defensive coordinator of not the Jacks, but of ESPN 690. Yes. Because we got to figure out what went wrong yesterday, man. What the heck? Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough day sledding. Um, I almost feel like I was playing because I was regretting to doing the show because I wanted to be singing a different tune. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you calling in now. Uh, we need you. Hey, we need you <laughs> today. Uh, I think a lot of people are like, this was confused. This is weird. It's so, I mean, I've been doing this in Jacksonville 15 years and, and for even longer, and it's just so odd sometimes. I figure out the NFL's a wacky thing. Like, you're just so unpredictable. The week-to-week is, is, is way better than one game at a time because week-to-week in the NFL, that is the truism of the NFL, and, and it's fact. But I can't tell you I saw this coming, Rasheen. I, I try to think about what would be the unexpected, and they were without Jonathan Taylor. They were without Naheem Hines. I, I didn't know how they were going to score based on the way Matt Ryan and Indy had been playing. And I'll, the other thing is the Jags' defense didn't really show any signs of this, where they just couldn't get a stop. I mean, how out of the blue was this for you, even though I know you have a lot of respect for Matt Ryan and his career and what he's done? Yes, um, definitely a lot of respect for him. But surprising, yes and no. But like, as you said, it's any given week, any given Sunday, right? So with that in mind, 
you know that there's going to be days like this. You just can't have them when you absolutely need a W. And that's the worst part about it because it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be days where the offense can't move the ball or the defense can't get stops, but it can't be in a must-needed division game. So that's the toughest part about this weekend. Uh, Shaq Griffin, how much do you feel for him on a day like today? Uh, They picked on him. Uh, They were effective. He probably had one of his worst days of his career. Uh, What's it like to be Shaq Griffin here on a a Monday? Yeah, it's, you know... um, I've had tough days. Um, I've never been picked on before, but I've definitely had tough days. And it's, it's a tough Monday for him. Um, but this is what makes an athlete, right? This is, this is you know, at, at, in tough and in, in, in a must-need win, you don't perform well, you're either going to tuck your tail and fold or you're going to come and show up. And, and this is what makes us the best athletes in the world. You have to be able to perform. You have to be able to take lessons like that and learn from them. And we'll we'll see as the as the season continues because either they open up a can of worms or you know it was it was just a one weekend one one Sunday one day thing and it's not going to be like that week in and week out because other teams watch tape. Yeah, I think other people have been critical of of Shaq over these couple of games, even last year. I think Shaq Griffin played better last year than people gave him credit for. I think he didn't catch a couple interceptions, or it could have been a pretty good year for him. Like. I mean, about like a Pro Bowl year, but a pretty good year for him. Uh, early this season, he gave up the play to McLaurin. There's been some plays, but like I see social media, every time Shaq like allows a, a reception, people are like, "Oh, there's Shaq Griffin." It's like, my goodness, man. I mean, it's the it's the nature of the position where you're going to give up some plays. And nobody ever said Shaq Griffin was Deion Sanders. So I I think it's a little overblown. But that was a poor performance. I think he knows. I think we know it. I think everybody knows it. And then on top of all that, Rasheen Mathis. I'm getting yelled at by my 17-year-old like at after midnight about <laughs> why didn't they go to a zone defense? Why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't they make an adjustment? I'm like, I don't know, Ty. They've got guys that, that get paid to do this. Uh, so that's why you're the defensive coordinator today. Could they have made a better adjustment throughout that game, Rasheen? Um, I, I say game plan-wise. They have a game plan. And you always try to make sideline adjustments, halftime adjustments. Um, and then in, in the game adjustments as well. So you think you have a temperament of your team, a temperament of the guys and how they're playing. And the, the play calling is definitely based on your feel as a coordinator, um, as, a, as a defensive staff, on how you feel your guys are playing and, and what they are capable of doing. And obviously they thought Shaq, that, that he can hold up, that he can hold up, and, um, he, and he didn't. So there are adjustments that need to be made, and – you know, we, from the outcome, we didn't make the right adjustments. We didn't make the right adjustments. But in there's days like that, right? You see it week in and week out in the, in, in across the league. It's not just, it was just the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, t- players are making, offensive players are breaking runs and scoring long touchdowns all over the league. You're just hoping that it's not against your team. Rasheed Mathis with us here on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Mathis on Mondays. And I think the man beater is that play over the middle, right? And and that's what they continually ran, that mid-level throw in between the linebackers and the secondary. Like, what are the rules on that play? Or is it going to be there if the QB can, ex- can execute it and the receiver can execute it as well? Well, as you said, he's, 
he's he's a good defensive player. Um, and it, it was a tough day of sledding. So you just have to know where they're trying to attack you. Um, there comes a point where in a game where you just have to buckle down and understand what type of day it's going to be, and you're going to have to take chances. And I don't think he took any chances. I think he was kind of playing a little too conservative, being that, you know, some balls was being thrown his way and didn't want to give up the big play or trying not to give up. You just have to keep playing and, and be aggressive and trust your training. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a quote, right? Um, in, in pressure situations, you convert back to your training. And and that's what you want to do. You don't want to convert back to and go off the reservoir and and do something that you haven't been doing all year. And you know, as a as a former athlete, as a coach, coaching my young boys, um, I, I tell them that. I, I tell them like, you know, in pressure situations, you're going to either do two things: you're going to try something totally different, or you're going to convert back to your training. And that's going to be the outcome of the play. Yeah, it is. Uh, Rasheen Mathis with us here on Mondays. Casey, you have the Shaq soundbite because I want Rasheen to hear it. I don't know if you, he's been able to hear it. I'll but, go grab it. Yeah, the, the, you, I'll give you time to get it because I got it. Um, I don't, I don't want to keep picking on Shaq here, but I did want to uh, play this for you when we get a chance to because I feel like he might have lost a little bit of confidence. And when we had Maurice Jones-Drew on, you say, you got to be careful to bench people because you don't want them to lose confidence. Yet... From a logic point of view, when a guy's – and you know this, Rasheem, because you're a big baseball guy. If the pitcher has a bad day, they take him out. They don't just leave him in there. It doesn't happen in football a lot. Guys don't get benched a lot in football. I, and why is that? Because we don't have a bullpen full of um, <laughs> cornerbacks that, that are getting paid just as much as the next guy to perform. But that's a, it's a good point that you're making, though. But that's the, that's the whole reason, right? They have a bullpen. So if you have a bad outing, um, they could plug someone else in there. Um, but the cornerback, it's a, it's, it's a tough position. Like, you, you don't have a handful of cornerbacks on every team that can come out and make plays. So if you bench a guy, you're putting a guy in there, you're backup. He's not a, he's not a bullpen pitcher. He's a backup player. So you're putting a backup player to do a starter's job. All those bullpen pitchers can, you know, they can come out any day and 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 shut a game down, like because that's what they get performed. That's what they get paid to do. It just shows you how tough that cornerback position is. Yeah, I think you're right too. I mean, hey, they say it's on an island, and some of those days you're going to be exposed on the island if you're not playing up to your capabilities. And we do keep reminding people. I mean, Shaq did have an injury a few weeks back. You wonder if he's fully healthy uh, with the hip or or not. Uh, not to make excuses for him, he didn't use that as an excuse, but you do wonder. Uh, through six games if maybe he's not feeling up to, to what he usually is. Rasheen Mathis with us on ESPN 690. How much of yesterday's defensive performance was on the front not being able to get home? And I guess how hard is it to get home when Matt Ryan's really getting rid of the ball so quickly? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, you're, you're trying to get there, but as, as, as a front and as a back end, meaning D-line and secondary, you have to work together, right? If he's getting the ball out quick, that means the defensive backs are not doing their job. And, but if he's holding it for four or five seconds, that means the front is not doing their job. So it's you know it's 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 a it's a complete game on as a defensive staff that y'all have to be in tune with each other to make those things work. Um, and we always told our defensive line, you know, we're going to give you three seconds. We're going to give you three seconds on the back end. We have to do our job and give you three seconds. We just don't want him to run around for four and five seconds, and this guy has the chance to double and triple move me. But, you know, so that's 
that's the part of the game that you have to be aligned, aligned with. The game has changed, you know, fairly recently, and, and I'm not saying you, you since you've played, but it was kind of on the move to so much passing and a lot of this quick game stuff taken from the college ranks because it fits the quarterbacks and they're able to do it better. I mean, I don't know if you can guard that in three seconds, the way it's schematically, uh, you know, produced by the coaching, you know, and everything. Like, there are just some plays that I'm not sure you can defend it. If the quarterback and, and receiver pitch and catch, heck, we see it with Trevor. He did it 25 out of 30 against Indy the first time. He was 20 out of 22 yesterday. I mean, there's just some plays that are, if they make the play, you're probably not going to defend it in terms of stopping, but you've got to contain, like, in terms of tackling. Well, and that depends on what the defense is called. Um, man-to-man, you should be able to stop any play within one to two or three seconds, like no doubt. Like it doesn't matter. Like you have to know the skin. You know, of course, down and distance matter. Is it first and ten um, or is it third and three, right? It depends on what coverage we're calling. Um, but man-to-man, if you need a stop, you should be able to stop the defense, regardless, I mean, an offense, regardless of how long the quarterback is, is getting, how quick the quarterback is getting the ball. And in zone, you are correct. You are you are absolutely correct. In zone, if the quarterback is getting the ball out in zone and he knows where he wants and he's reading that defense right, you're going to get picked apart in the zone defense. And there's no nothing you can do about it. You know what I like about Rasheen? First of all, he educates us on this defensive stuff. That's why I can go home and tell Ty. Say, go back and listen to the 4 o'clock hour of ESPN 690, <laughs> Brenton Friends, and you'll learn a little something. Hopefully you learn something. But he also doesn't make excuses. i got to give him a chance there a little bit to be like, listen, it's hard to play that position. It's hard to defend, and no excuses allowed um, in, in that position. Here's what – all right, Coach Mathis, you're our defensive coordinator. I'm concerned a little bit about the psyche now of Shaq Griffin. Listen to what he said to us in the locker room after the game. He owned up to it. First of all, you applaud that. But the back end of this soundbite, it sounds like a player that has lost some confidence and is trying to get it back. Listen up. Uh, man, I, I, I've been here before. You know, it's, it's not my first rodeo. I've been in the league for a while now. My main thing is I'm hurt because I, I feel like I let my team down. You know, it's a lot of plays that, you know, I, I had out there that I did make. And, I, and then that last one, it doesn't matter what I made today. You know, that last one hurt me the worst. And, and I'm the type of person that I'm going to be way harder than my coach is going to be. You know, I'm going to be way harder on myself than my players are going to be. You know, this hurt me more than anything. You know, I put this loss on me. You know, and that's just the person I am. But when it comes to me bouncing back, uh, I, I fear nothing. You know, my main thing is uh, I know for a fact that I'm going to bounce back and be the player that I need to be. You know, make the plays that I always used to make, and I'm going to get back to that. But um, it's nothing that scares me to the point where I feel like I can't bounce back from this. I've been here before. My main thing is, you know, I want to be able to get this trust back in myself because I know my team's still there, but I want to be able to trust myself and, then, you know, I can make those plays whenever my number is called. So that's the part that I want to get back to. Rasheen, you just heard it right at the end there, and, and he's kind of lost a little trust in himself. That's an interesting thing. I think every athlete probably goes through it from time to time. Doubt is a real thing in life. Doubt's a real, real, real thing in sports. Uh, how would what, what would be your visit with Shaq Griffin here on a Monday, uh, just from a psychological standpoint? Yes, um, and I'm a closet. I'm a, I'm a closet psychologist, so I, I, I like. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like everything you said. Um, I think the the part where you're saying he, he has to get that trust back in himself, um, I think it's a struggle that athletes on a day-to-day think but not necessarily say. And I'm going to use the analogy like Steph Curry, right? He can, he can miss 
23 pointers in a row, he's not going to stop shooting, right? Because he's, he's, he trusts, he trusts his shot. Um, but mentally he could be saying, okay, like what's going on? Like, why am I not hitting these shots? But he's still going to trust and, and, and still throw up those shots because he trusts his training. He's, he's converting back to what the work that he's put in. So I, as an athlete and, and, and as a former cornerback, that's the way, that's the way I want to take what what he said i want to say that okay he said it out loud vocally um verbally i mean but he what he mean is that you know he has to make plays for that trust to continue to come back and he's he understands that he can make those plays so i'm not i'm not concerned um but at the same time he can't have another day like this um Especially not next week, or you know, it, it can't re- it can't keep reoccurring because that's when that doubt will really creep in, and you don't want that on that island. Yeah, absolutely, good stuff with Rasheen Mathis here on ESPN six ninety. I'm going to ask you about a different guy, a young guy, uh, and that's Trayvon Walker. He's had a couple of tough moments now these last couple of weeks. I mean, really costly moments. If you had told me to outline the season in six weeks and say, yeah, Trayvon Walker costs uh, maybe like two touchdowns and big scores, I'm not sure I would have believed it. We were raving about the young man out of Georgia in the first couple of weeks. He's quieted down. Are you sensing frustration from him? Um, are, are these rookie mistakes? I kind of chalked yesterday's up to a little bad luck because you hit the guy in the head as you're trying to deflect the pass. Uh, where do you stand on Trayvon Walker right now, who's been pretty quiet the last month overall, for being honest? Yeah, that's just bad luck. I would say he's a young guy going through growing pains. He's a young guy going through growing pains, um, and that's part of that's part of being in the NFL. Everything is it's not college. You're not the quote unquote best athlete on both sides of the ball, um, regardless of how talented you are. There's all, always someone that's putting in just as much as work as you're putting in. There's always someone that's you know just as talented, right? And that those are the things that we have to understand when we when we come to this level, and understanding that it's no longer college football. Um, understanding that there are going to be tough sledding days and you're just going to have to adjust and bounce back from them. So I'm not concerned. He's a young stud. Um, I still believe that true and true. Um, so I'm, I'm not concerned at all with him. But he, he has to just understand that, and I'm sure he has guys in his ear talking to him and, and allowing him to, 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 to just be able to, to take that as, as it is and, and be able to just keep, keep on plugging and keep moving on. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, it sounds like the kids just got home from school. I hope they had a good day at school. And uh, we're going to keep Rasheen Mathis on a Monday for a few minutes longer. Talk about the other side of the ball as well. And uh, will the Jags get in desperation mode here after a three-game losing streak? they got to keep the train on the tracks. Still a long season ahead. Uh, nobody helps us do that better than Rasheen Mathis. It's coming up in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. We continue with Rasheen Mathis on Mondays. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Friends on ESPN 690. Hope everybody's doing well here on a Monday. I know a three-game losing streak, two and four, doesn't sit too well. And yet I feel like there's this weird dynamic, at least in, in, in my headspace, with this game. I'm still more mad about the Houston game if I was a fan. Like, that game would drive me more nuts because that set this up. 
and that's the one where things have gone off the track a little bit because three and three at this point would be perfectly fine. The problem is now you've lost three in a row, and now the Giants are five and one, and then you got a, a Denver team you got to believe will play better than the way they've been playing, and then the schedule gets really hard. So now looking for wins and finding wins becomes difficult. I will warn you this. If I told you the Jags would lose to Houston and Washington and an indie team that they beat 24 to nothing without Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, Shaq Leonard, and Quiddy Pay, you would have thought they'd win all three of those games. Just not how the league works. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just not how it works. I'll say it again. I've said it every hour I've been on today. It's been a lot. I guarantee you the Jags beat the Giants next week. You got to stop, though. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's the way I see that. That's the way I see that. Rasheed likes it. Rasheed likes it. I love it. I love it. That's, that's how the NFL works, baby. That's, that's how it. it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. I can hear you. We can hear you a little bit of the echo for wherever you are. But uh, the, the, the the league is so bizarre, Rasheed Mathis. I mean, you just can't figure it out. What like? There's, that's why it does so well. There's nothing like it. I, I totally agree. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, that's good. You got it. Actually, we kind of okay, like the okay. sound effect you had there for a bit, but this is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. You never know. Um, the, the Giants, I'm actually going to a family reunion, and half of my family is from New York, from New Jersey, so they're from up north. Um, and I'm going to a family reunion this weekend. So they were like, oh, we picked a perfect weekend. Giants against the Jags. I was like, oh, the Giants must be playing well this year, right? Like, <laughs> but that's how it works, baby. I'm going to the family reunion. We need this stuff. So, hey, it, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Math is on Mondays with us. Okay, so here's why I'm a little bit torn. I think the fan base is. We saw something we needed to see, Rasheen, yesterday in that fourth quarter. And I think fans have been waiting for it. We've been hammering Trevor around here for the last couple of weeks when things yep. didn't go right. I think this needs to be celebrated. This is this is a silver lining. I know it's a result-oriented business. I don't care. For the future of this franchise, for how good that, my, that guy might be, I think people needed to see it. I think he needed to do it for himself. That was a big moment for number 16 uh, in the fourth quarter yesterday's game. You hit it on the head. More than anything, he needed to do it for himself. So... He did what he needed to do to put his team in position to win a, win a late game. And we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks, a um, few weeks, and you've probably been talking about it forever, right? So this is definitely, this is definitely a silver lining. How big time was that drive in your eyes? I know people do it all the time in the NFL. We see the Bradys and we see the Rodgers and now the Mahomes and Allens and guys have done it. Uh, but to make the throws he made early in that drive, third and 12, third and 13, sometimes I don't know if I'm just keeping everything relative to what I've seen in Jacksonville or relative to the rest of the league. I just thought those were some big-time throws, especially in that spot. But you played the position against throws like that. How good were they? Oh, they were great. They were outstanding. Um, and, and not too many quarterbacks can make them, right? So that's why it's tough for quarterbacks to do it week in and week out, but those quarterbacks who tend to do it more often than most, that's why they're considered great. That's why they're considered great, because I've been, I've defended them, I've been against Peyton year in and year out, twice a year, um, and not everybody can make those throws as Peyton makes, that's why no one, not everyone is mentioned in the same breath as he's mentioning. Um, so it's, 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 it was as tough as it looked, um, and even tougher if, you, if you're doubting it. <laughs> 
And, and how about for the team perspective? Did they need to see it? You said Trevor needed to see it. I know the outside world needed to see it. Uh, how about the team? Uh, I'm not saying they didn't believe in him, but does that give them an extra hop in their step to say, all right, that guy can do that. Let's go make sure we're doing our stuff. You know what it does more than anything? Um, the next time the defense needs to get a stop in the fourth quarter, they're going to say, we need to put the quarterback. We need to put the ball back in our quarterback's hands because he can do that. So it does make believers out of the entire team. Like, j- just give me the ball back. Now Trevor can go to the defense before they go on the field and say, "Hey guys, just give me the ball back." Right. So that's where the confidence comes in. At that's that's why it's huge. I'm interested in some of like these background stories. Sometimes I, I can't describe it too much to you. I watched Trevor Lawrence get off the podium yesterday after that game. After he had taken a lot of. Uh, bullets in the last couple of weeks and after bad performances. And you can almost see on the 23-year-old young man, like you could almost see this sigh of, oh, well, at least it was a little better on this side, right? At least I got something yeah. done. You know, yeah. you, you could sense that. Uh, but then he also said something on the podium that was interesting. He's like, I had defensive players come up and apologize for the way they play. And it was like, listen, man, I did. I have to apologize last week. And it's part of the game. It's a team game. But Maurice Jones-Drew just said it with us in the last hour. He fumbled three times against Baltimore and had to go up to Daryl Smith and say, listen, thanks for getting me there. Thanks, thanks for holding him down because that was a miserable day for me. How much does that happen, like, between units oh. where you guys would say, yeah, listen, I didn't hold my weight today. Thanks for bailing me out type of thing. Oh, it happens a lot, more often than people think, because we're brothers. Like, we're brothers. We're fighting tooth and nail every play to – to, to we're making sacrifices and fighting tooth and nail every play for our for our brothers on um that's lined up against that's lined up next to us but also on the sideline waiting waiting their opportunity and their chance so it's definitely a brotherhood more than people think we rely on each other we love each other we learn to trust each other and that's when you understand that you do have a team so the defense coming up to Trevor and apologizing that's the making of a really good ball team really good chemistry and a really good ball club. Um, and now Trevor, at some point, will be able to do the same because the defense, hopefully when he's apologizing, hopefully it's off of a win, though, be like, okay, guys, thanks for holding me down today because I didn't do my part. I got you next week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, listen, overall the Jags scored 27 points. They ran for over 200. The quarterback went 20 for 22. I mean, there's so much to like about what that offense was yesterday. You've seen good offenses. You've seen bad offenses. The Doug Peterson, what he's doing with the offense overall in a six-game sample, how good does it make you feel? How good should it make people feel? I mean, even Doug, people have been criticized, uh, criticizing him a bit yesterday uh, or in the last couple of weeks about the run or yesterday was a third and one and fourth and one place. Like, he's the play caller. So he's going to get a little bit of that, like, isolated criticism about a specific play call. But overall, I said this this morning on Monday Morning Madness, Right now, if the season were to end, the Jags have the third most points per game or third best offense of rank from a points per game standpoint than they've had in the last 15 years. And this season right now, if it were to stop today, would be second in terms of yards, in terms of rank in the NFL than they've had in the last 15 years. I mean, their offense is their machine on a lot of different levels. What do you see? 
Well, first, I would like to play on the side of that offense. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. By the way, I could give days. you your last few years in Jacksonville, and you probably won't like it. 32, 32, 30, 28. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So definitely, right? Like, keep me off the field, right? Um, but it just goes to show that, you know, at the end of the day, the W is what people see, right? But – as you said, he's. I like everything about it. Like they're they're plugging away. They understand what they have. It's just now we just got to put pieces together. Like we have to stop making bonehead mistakes, um, and that's part of growing up and a little more experience in the league. And we have to capitalize, and we have to get trust in our quarterback that he can go on a last minute drive and win ball games because majority of the games are won and lost like that in the NFL, right? So we have to understand the dynamic of everything, and and I and I love I love the job that that offense are doing week in and week out. You know, every every weekend is not going to be pretty, but for the most part, and the stats speak for themselves, right? The numbers speak for themselves. They, um, I, I like what Doug is doing. Rasheed Mathis with us as always. Uh, Mathis on Mondays for a few more minutes here on Brent and Friends at ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, uh, glad to have you along. Always uh, throw up some questions on social media, and we'll try to get them to Rasheed Mathis uh, if uh, there is time for it. If you get them in time, uh, we can do it each and every Monday. Uh, you know, talking about Doug Peterson, talking about this Jaguars uh, team right now, where they sit at two and four, and talking about your PhD in psychology and my PhD in psychology. This is where I get concerned. The Jags have lost a lot of games over the last decade. The Jags have been on slides of 15 games, seven games, five games, and they win one, then they lose five more. Like, there have been a lot of those around here, Rasheen. This is now a three-game losing streak, and if they continue to not be able to make the winning plays, this thing could go a little sideways. How concerned are you about the psyche of a team when the losses pile up and how badly do they need to avoid the five game, the six game, the seven kind of streak that would send you into a spiral? Oh, yeah, there's no sure it, right? Um, as we mentioned last week and the week before, there's time. Um, the time is now. The time is now. Uh, we need a huge win. Like, we need to go and shock the NFL or, you know, Vegas, whomever. We need to um, go and shock them and, and put something on the Giants because we need it. We need it bad. Um, we need it right now. So the guys have to stand up because, you know, it's, it's, it's in the past, but it's not that far in the past that we haven't been playing that grip that well as an organization. So you don't want those thoughts and those doubts creeping up. The fans, yeah, I know we're going to be critics, and we waver up and down. But as a, as a team and as an organization, you can't waver. you got to trust the process. And the only way you can trust that process is to get results. Rasheen, let me ask you this. You talk about the Giants a little bit. You need to get a big win here for the Jags, and I'm with you there. But when you're, at least in the way I'm looking at it, when you're preparing for the Colts, Michael Pittman Jr., he's a guy you know he's a good receiver. you got a lot of tape to watch for him. But this Giants team, all their well-known receivers are either hurt or not going to play in the game. Is it tougher to prepare for guys that haven't been in the league a while or don't have a lot of tape? Or is it tougher for someone that you know is a good player, but you have enough tape? That's a great question. Um, that, that's kind of hard, right? If, if you have if you have a go-to receiver, regardless of how much tape you is, regardless of how much tape you have, he's talented enough to still make plays, right? Um, and we have 
and you have scouting reports on the guys that the that the Giants have, the receivers that they have. You just don't have the tape on them. So you know speed, you know ability, you know what they've done. Um, they just might have not done it in the league, but you know the their resume. You know all the scouting reports that they had before they they got drafted, um, whatever wherever they were before this year. You know their stats then. So you know if you're dealing with a monster on the other side of the ball that just haven't had the opportunity, or you know if you're just dealing with a handful of guys who just are you know just our possession guys and able to make catches when their number is called. So you know you 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 have a little scouting report. You have enough to go on. Um, so I will say. You can have all the tape on the world on, on Calvin Johnson, but Megatron is going to be Megatron, <laughs> and you have to show up and try to be a Decepticon, right? So that's just what it is. <laughs> that's, hey, hey, can you get that line right there? That's a great line right there, Casey. Let's write that one down. I, I, I love it. Um, hey, hey give, give us a little background on that, actually. You know what thinking. We've talked about the Jags enough. Megatron going against them? What was that like? Oh man, we 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 had some great battles. It, it was fun in practice. Like it was two guys who, you know, per- tried to perfect their craft. And you know, we saw each other. I saw him early in my career. I saw him. Early, we didn't play Detroit a lot. Yeah. But yeah. I seen him early in my career, and we lined. I, I followed him around. Um, so we had mad respect for each other. So it, it was great going against him in practice, and and it was great also seeing um, young Slate, Darius Slate, get a piece of him because he every time he came back to the sideline and practice, he was like, oh my goodness, he's just too big. He's just too big. <laughs> so it, 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 it's great when you go. And I tell people ask me, not to get off topic, but people ask me the best receiver I ever went up against. And I always said Jimmy Smith. He was my own because he trained me. He, he taught me a lot. And Megatron was just as good. Like it, it was just amazing, amazing talent. And you just have to respect and compete. It's funny that we have two, you know, Austin Lane used to be on the show with me, and, and he tells the story when he went to Detroit about Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and, and just, uh, first of all, he was kind of, that was one time he was in the locker room kind of like in awe, if I remember the story, like, yeah. that's Calvin Johnson, like, mm-hmm. right there. But then said he was super nice guy. He's like, why the heck's he talking to me? Like, I'm in here for a camp type thing. And, and said he was a terrific guy. Like, hey, if you need a place to stay, those kind of things. So you like hearing that story, too, and I'm, well, I don't know if you have the same story, but that's what Austin would tell us. <laughs> oh yeah, Megatron. Calvin is CJ is amazing. He's a, he's an amazing guy. He's a pros pro. Um, like everything about him was was amazing. Um, his his character, everything. He he was just an outstanding guy overall. So one of the best guys I've ever I've ever played with, and I played with a lot of great guys. Um, and he's and he's up there. That's awesome. Rasheed Mathis with us, Mathis on Mondays. Before we let you go, uh, who do you like tonight? Yankees, Guardians. What do you think? Game five. Game five. Yeah, like that. I like the guard. I like the young energy that the Guardians are, are bringing. Um, Judge has had has had his hurrah. Um, so you know, I, I, I might I might go I might go with youth t- t- today. I might go I, I might go with youth tonight. You know what's interesting? I don't know what your take is on this. Do you like the new wave style of baseball? You grew up in the older style of baseball, but the Guardians actually play more the old style of baseball. They're not a home run big bopping team like the Yankees and like everybody else is these days. Uh, do you mind the new style? Do you prefer the old style? Where, where do you come down on the the way the game is played right now? I'm in the middle um, be, because you don't... You, you have to understand that there's different levels of talent on every team, right? So... Um, I'm, I'm not a big guy of trying to 
hit a home run ball. And that could be the youth coach in me as well because, with you know, with my son and a couple other guys on our team, they've had some some success hitting the ball over the fence, and now you're going swinging from toward and and you're not as good as these guys who's getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. So um, your hand-eye coordination and your timing is not that good to be swinging for the fence like that. So I'm, 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 I will always be a little old-school, new, new, new-school guy. Yeah, and by the way, it's a very good point, and that's what people lose in this argument. Uh, uh, a time, well, not an argument, but a debate, is that how you play the game at the youth level, the high school level, even the collegiate level, is totally different than maybe the way these guys play the game. <laughs> <laughs> at right. the big league level right. and, and how they get paid and, and the man strength that some of these guys have as well. But in this case, you're a big baseball guy. It's kind of fun to watch the Guardians play this style of ball. I, I think they hit the least amount of home runs or, mm-hmm. or down near the bottom, right, this they year. Did. Yeah, that was a big story when they were playing the Rays. But, yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. I like the fact that they have a lot of guys that can tr- contribute. Uh, Ramirez is a great player but doesn't even get talked about in that uh, way he doesn't yeah my guy miles straw from the 941 you know what i'm saying so i'm pulling for the <laughs> guardians as well but just on that real quick point about the used baseball thing rasheen listen man you know you see you got a kid he hits a couple over the fence you can't tell him nothing rasheen you gotta let him swing for the fences <laughs> man I'm, I'm t- I, i've gotten gray hair from getting my son to believe in like listen dude stop swinging for this fence because when you miss hit a ball it's going to be a pop-up to the to barely leaving the outfield. When Aaron Judge missed the ball, it's going to be to the warning track, and they still have to make a play, <laughs> right? Like like Brett said, it's that man strength. They don't have it yet. Not yet. All right, man. I hope you have a good week. Thanks for jumping in. Look forward to getting with you next Monday. Ho- hoping to see that family reunion went well with a Jags win over the Giants. Hey, I'm, I'm with you, man. We, we need it, so. Go Jags. You know, right. I'll be taking pictures all day. <laughs> we do, so we might have some pictures to show um, if we when we get this W. That's awesome. Send them our way. Thanks, man. Have a great week. All right, baby. Thank you. Have a good one. That is uh, Rasheen Mathis. Mathis on Mondays. I uh, love talk. Man, we could get we get in the weeds talking baseball with Rasheen too if we want. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so fun. It's actually really fun right now to talk to Maurice Jones Drew. He's talking about his kids and dudes playing football and talking to Rasheen Mathis uh, and and his kids playing ball and really just getting into football. He told us that a few weeks ago, like just the. His, uh, his little guys were getting into uh, the football side of it. Started off in baseball, which I think we remind you every week cause was Rasheed's first love. I'll tell you uh, what, though. I started hitting them things over the fence. I was like, yeah, tell me nothing. Yeah, it's hard not to. Fastball up, hanging curveball. Otherwise, I'm striking out on three pitches. <laughs> but that's why we got eight other dudes. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else will get a base knock. I'm out here to make things happen. That's why I, that's why I wasn't very good. So basically, that you're, you're, you're saying is this mentality was way before its time. <laughs> oh yeah, it actually started at the youth level exactly. with the big kids. You know what I'm saying? You just had to had to try. I, I love the like. baseball, but no, that was a, You know what? It was a really good sports weekend. It was a terrific baseball weekend. Mm-hmm. Those games were really, really good. They were. Uh, Saturday night was just insane. We had to talk a little bit about the Padres, man. That beat the Dodgers. I know. That the is Dodgers, nuts. Bro. What happened? That is nuts. All right, that somebody got to get fired, but not Dave Roberts. They won 111 games. <laughs> like I don't, you can't lose though. I don't know. It's a wild thing. Is Charles Barkley worth 100 to 200 million dollars? We answer that question. We come back. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Hey, have you been to iCryo in St. Johns County? Got to get there. Pavilion at Durban Park. We've been down there with the show. 
want to get back down there with the show, actually. What can I do on the air next? That's right. You were in the cryotherapy chamber, baby. I live was. on the air. I need to that just go. has never been happened before, I don't think. And it'll happen again. It could happen again. They have cryotherapy chamber, of course. They also have, well, red light therapy. They have the sauna. Uh, they have compression. Uh, the family uses it. The kids use it. If you're a student athlete, if you're an athlete, if you're just trying to recover from your daily lifestyle, there's other things like body sculpting and IV infusions as well. And for listening to ESPN 690, well, you got a heck of a deal now. $69 day pass. And what the day pass does is it gives you three of the lifestyle services, three out of the six. You get to choose. You use it in one day, and it doesn't even take that long. So, you know, within an hour or so, maybe a little bit longer, you use three of them. And uh, 69 bucks. Usually it's $39 for one lifestyle service. But with the ESPN 690 day pass, just $69. Just tell them ESPN 690 sent you. I cryo, iCryo.com in St. John's County, the pavilion at Durban Park. Brent Martineau, along with Casey Kurtz, Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Man, how much fun is, is a Monday, even after a loss, I guess. We got Monday morning madness. We get all the interaction with the fans, uh, which was fun this morning, 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. And then uh, Maurice Jones drew fantastic uh, talking about the psyche of this team, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, everything else puts it in perspective in the 3 o'clock hour. Rasheen Mathis just got off the phone with him in the 4 o'clock hour. He'll settle you down now. If you want to be calmed down a little bit as a fan and give the perspective of what's in the building, uh, Rasheen will help do that. Very even keel. Mm -hmm. Maurice now, he'll get after you a little bit if you don't he make will. enough plays. It's true. Like that about him. We got a nice little... Uh Balance. A little balance. Between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, 3 o'clock hour, 4 o'clock hour. You don't want to miss it on Mondays. Coming up tonight, Jags Report Live, 7 o'clock at Sneakers. We have Evan Ingram. Talk more about this offense and Evan's role in it. And it's Giants Week for Evan Ingram. So, it's a big week for him. That's at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. It's a giant week. It's a giant week. So I might use that today. Hey, Stuart 7 p.m. on Fox 30 if you can't get there. But love to see you out there at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. 6 o'clock, we got overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up. Right yeah, after true. this show, we saw football at five, so a lot more football to get to. Quickly, did you see the news on Charles Barkley? My Apparently man's is rich. Again. I mean, Still, $100 to $200 whatever. million, dollars potentially, yeah, which is a wide gap. He's worth it. Yeah, 100%. Like, how many times do you say that about people? And, I mean, again, I don't know what anybody's value is, but if there's a value chart of, Hey, this guy's worth just about anything you're going to pay because you're going to get it in return yeah. for the entertainment, for what he might do for your show, for your network, whatever else. I think Chuck That's the is thing. right up there, man. That's the thing. Like, here's how I judge it. And I'm, I'm a casual NBA fan, right? I will watch. But I will tell you this. I have had very many experiences when I'm flipping through the TV and I'm like, oh, TNT pregame? Bet. And then the game comes on. I'm like, nah, come back at the half. There's hockey on. I swear. I do it a lot. Like, I listen to like them when they're on so like that's i know i'm not the only one so there has to be value there with that so yeah i think it's worth it and uh i i think he you need Shaq though right yeah there's a great balance there yeah and you need kenny too you know the, the whole show's good and you just said something interestingly enough i think a lot of people tune in pre-game post-game for those guys more than the game yes truly i, I do what does that does not happen you can have the you can have a really good show. Well, you know what? It does happen a little bit. College game day is a little bit like that, especially now. You know, yeah. college game like I mean, Ty is locked to the final. He loves Lee Corso, and the pick. Segment. So does Amanda. By the oh, Ty, I always say this about Lee Corso, man. When uh, Ty, since he was like ten, when a twelve-year-old kid can like the eighty-five-year-old man on TV, that's so. True. I mean, that's when you're hitting a home run, Lee. 
Yes. It will have forever impacted Ty Martino. That's like he'll be one of his favorite guys ever on TV. That's cool. Isn't that neat? That is a cool thing. That is a really neat thing. And I like him at 45. And my father-in-law likes him at 88. Like, that's the thing about Corso. That makes you kind of special. But he hits, he hits all the, the all the people. It doesn't matter your demographic. That's what I guess we're getting at. It's yeah. just, it's, it's terrific. Well, Charles, I will say this one thing about Charles that somebody said to me on Twitter today. He should be on everything, like more sports. But I disagree with that. I think you can overexpose these guys. You can be too much and try too hard. I think sometimes just sticking to, now I'm not saying he can't be on anything else, but I don't think you have to force the issue with them just to warrant how much you're paying. And yeah. lastly, real quick, and I know we're up against it now, uh, but Chuck, did he benefit from the live conversations? Yeah. Got to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a negotiation. I, mean, I hate live golf, but I'm glad did. Chuck didn't hey, go. they're coming to Miami. Can we go? No, I'm not going. Screw live golf. Can you pay for me to go? No. No. Okay. Uh, by the way. I'll pay you not to go, baby. Okay, I will do that as well. Uh, whatever it takes to get money. But listen, I'll tell you what's funny about this, the TNT thing is I think CBS has an interesting thing going right now with their Champions League coverage. I know you're like soccer. Nobody cares. But their studio show right now is really, really good. They got former players. They have a good host. And, like, they, it's people are watching it, not watching, like, the soccer. Like, interesting. It's all over TikTok. Like, people are really good personalities. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I wonder if they looked at that model and went after it because you've got a host and three former players. And yeah. It's, it, it works what they're doing. And I wonder if it'll catch on as much as it is, like, with the actual yeah. CBS versus the streaming platform. Everybody who try to mimic it, it's tough to duplicate what they have on TNT, though, with those guys. It's no really, doubt. really good. Uh, and a smart move by them to keep Charles Barkley. We'll be back. Football 5 coming up. More around the NFL, a little bit in the college, and, of course, more Jags on ESPN 690.